Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us on the Spiritually Curious Podcast. With the new year coming and the end of the year is here, the new year is coming, a lot of us are considering change. We're really looking at our life and where where we've been this year and looking at where we where we want to go next year. And a lot of the, the biggest question on a lot of our minds is, does God want us to change? Is our just the change that we are looking ahead to? Is it God informed? Like, where is it coming from? Now, when you're thinking about this, I feel like first we must consider three things who we believe God to be, who we believe and understand ourselves to be, and get an understanding of how we define change. Now, do you see God as master, king, and ruler of your life, determining your life circumstances, blessing you for good deeds, and withholding blessings for deeds that are not satisfactory? This is an idea of God as master, where God is testing you, is punishing you, is calling you to submit to submit to his wisdom, his ways and his understandings. If you understand God as master, you proudly see yourself as the servant or the slave, the the subordinate of this master God. When God is the master, the ruler, you become the slave or the servant. And a lot of people take a lot of pride in this. They consider this to be a badge of honor. But it's really an unhealthy relationship dynamic, and it's one that doesn't give full attention to the needs of the individual. Because this, when God is master and you are serving, is it's a relationship where change, when the change comes, rather when God, when when the change is informed, when you feel like the change is informed by God, when God is asking you to change. I'm sorry. It's coming from a master that is concerned with remaining the master. And to remain the master, you have to remain the servant. So the concept of God as master, like I said, makes you the subordinary. You are the one that is under the rule and authority of the ruler. And you must follow the rules of the master or face the consequences. This concept of God makes God master and decides on what you should and should not do with your life. Your life is spent in service to this God, rejecting your own needs and wants and submitting to the needs and wants of, of your of your God as master. So you, you don't act on your own. You respond to what God the master wants. Your decisions, your likes and dislikes, your choices, your perspectives of the world, your the way you make friends, who you can be friends with, um, your sexual preference, your um, understanding of life, your philosophy of self. All these things are given to you by God, the master, and don't come from you freely. Don't come from yourself. You are handed a way of being. You are given a way of showing up in the world. You are a constructed self. You have been issued a sense of self. So change is not based on what works for you, but rather it is focused on what works for God, the master. The urge to change is not coming from the depths of your soul like it should, but emerging from the deepest desires of the master. 
This change is not personalized and aimed to manifest the greatest version of yourself. This change is unsympathetic to an individual circumstance. Change is less about you as a unique individual and more about the group of individuals as a whole that to follow the will of the master. So when you ask, does God want me to change from an understanding of God as master and you as servant? The request to change is not personalized. By it not being personalized, it does not address your unique needs. A request to change from a master benefits the master more than the servant. Now, if God is your master and you are the servant, you are a worker that does the will of the master, regardless if it makes sense to you or makes your life any better. You are always at the mercy of the master to inform you on how to live your life. Who you are and what you can be and what is the best option for you in your life. This is not the same as seeking guidance from God or or trusting God's wisdom. God as master gives you no choice, no way to express what works for you, no way to speak out, no way to share how you feel about a particular thing. It is what it is. And that is it. Because the master remains the master as long as he has the power, the upper hand. The master uses that advantage to make choices for servants as a whole, not for individuals. Change in this sense is the will of the master to benefit the master. The goal of God, the master, is to remain the master in order to retain the servants A master without servants is no longer a master and is at risk of being a servant themselves. So the empowerment of the servant is not the objective of the master, but remaining in a place of power while preventing the servants from acquiring power is the focus. There is no future of personal empowerment in being a slave for God, the master. In religion, we're told that we need a master and it's honorable to be a slave for God. We're told we are corrupt and full of sin and and in need of salvation, leadership and cleansing. We are deaf, dumb and blind with no hope in the world except for God, the master to come and give us hope through making us servants and living our lives, doing his will. God, the master is problematic for the individual. We don't need change that keeps us slaves, that keeps us servants, that keeps us to be subordinaries. Change that is specific to each individual is empowering, loving and transformative. That's the type of change we need. We need change that addresses your unique situation, your life experience and your personal process of becoming who and what you are. This is the only type of change that is useful. So in contrast to God, the master, let's consider the question from a different perspective of God, self and change. Let's consider God not to be a master, but a guide, a leader an informant. If a master can only keep that title with one, he has servants that depend on him for every necessity. 
Two, he holds the power that keeps him in the place of authority. And three, the slaves have been convinced they cannot obtain what the master has. If this is what it takes to be a master, to think of God as a master, then God, the guide, the leader, and the informant can only hold these titles of guide, leader, and informant if that God has guided, led, and informed you. You see the difference? As one idea of God, which is God the master, depends on you being oppressed, you following blindly and serving a master in order to keep the master in power. The other idea of God, the other concept of God as guide, leader, and informant isn't dependent on you being oppressed. It opens up space for you to be a unique individual. It's focused on you being the best person you can be. It's made whole when the individual has been led, has been guided, and has been informed on an individual basis. This idea of God as guide, leader, and informant is more focused on you. And the objective is for the individual to be empowered, to be made whole, to be inspired to discover themselves in fullness, to know your value, to know your worth, to go out into the world, to be confident, to grow within your own space, to love yourself and to love others just as much as you love yourself. A leader, when we're looking at God, the leader can only be a leader if the leader has knowledge on what the individual needs to be empowered in a a better version of themselves. A leader shares the knowledge not to elevate themselves, but to elevate the individual. This is a much healthier way to look at God. The leader is glorified in the individual being informed. So both benefit equally. The leader benefits from leading And those that are led benefit from being led by the leader. It isn't a one-sided thing. There is no disadvantage for either side. When you're thinking of God as the guide, a guide can only be a guide if they have the wisdom to take the individual where they need to go and can guide them on how to get there. This guide shares this information, this wisdom, not to elevate the guide, but to point the individual to places they can't see themselves. The objective of God, the guide, is to advance the individual. God as the guide is glorified in the individual being informed. And we also think of God as informer. An informer speaks to the individual through various types of communication it can be a good feeling, a strong urge, a bad vibe, etc. God as the informer knows 
the most effective way to communicate to you. The informer is not looking for servants, subordinaries or people to do their will. The informer is glorified in the individual being informed. With God as guide, leader and informer, you are not a slave for the master's will and oppressed by his power. You are not in a place where you're at a lack of benefit in order to put the master at benefit. You are not one that is servicing the longevity of a master over you to where everything you do say and hold of any value is only are only those things that keep the master in a place of power. You're not obligated to make God happy in order to be blessed. You're not led and living in fear of disappointing God to and and fearful that certain things will be taken from you. You're not limited to a life dictated by what the master tells you is best for you. With God as your guide, your leader and your informer, your spiritual growth is the only goal. Your evolution of self is the only factor and being all that you were created to be is the point of it all. Not submission to rules and guidelines that enslave you. Change from this perspective is focused on you. Change from this understanding is available to you on a daily basis. This type of change leads you into the unknown where everything that belongs to you is waiting. Take advantage of this type of change that is focused on you as you are a unique individual. There is a unique guiding, leading, and informing that is waiting for you. So when we ask the question, does God want you to change? Like we said at the beginning, it depends on who you see God to be, who you know yourself to be, and what you consider change to be. When change is that thing that benefits you as an individual, change is good. When change is seen as that thing that keeps a master in the place of being a master and you as a subordinate, and that's change that is not good. Because that change only benefits one party. Let's begin to think about that as we go into the new year. When we're thinking about change, when we're thinking about what can we do better, when we're thinking about what we've done this year and what we want to be next year. Let's consider opening ourselves up to the idea of God as our guide, our leader and our informer. Leading us, guiding us and informing us on what to do. Where we need to be, what we should be doing. And take advantage of that eternal connection that we have with God. Begin to let go of the idea of God as master, as this separate, powerful force that is wielding over you, where you fear the wrath of God, or you fear displeasing God, or you're constantly going through life trying to do the things that satisfy this God 
at the expense of your own personal satisfaction. So when change, when you ask if God wants you to change, also ask yourself, what is that change doing for me? Who does this change benefit? And does that change speak to my unique situation and life circumstance? Am I becoming a better person, a stronger individual, evolving more into a unique self? Or am I regressing into a kind of a self, a type of person? One in a group of many that have been told that this is the way that all should be. This is the way that women should be. This is the way that men should be. This is the way that one that believes in God should be. That's God as master calling everybody to be the same so that control can remain in place. Seek out change that speaks to you directly. Seek out change that helps you to be the best version of yourself that you can be.